0: You are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey.
1: We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within.
0: Welcome back to the Way of Healing. Hey. Today we are at lovely Amy Bellows place, Altered Space. We're up here in Topanga. Yeah. Yeah. And it's perfectly charming up here. So Amy is going to tell you a little bit more about what she does with Altered Space. I know a little bit. I know that it involves some Reiki. Mm -hmm. I know that it involves some past life reading, past Mm -hmm. life regressions. I know that it involves crystals because we're surrounded by really (laughs) beautiful gems. There's gemstones underneath the massage table. So... Welcome. We're excited to have you and thank you for having us. Welcome.
2: Thank you and welcome to the both of you. So happy to have you both in my space. That um, really is like a labor of love
0: for yeah. sure. I can yeah. You can tell. You feel it.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it's also connected to our home, which is our nest. Mm-hmm. And actually right where we're sitting
0: is where I birthed my baby. Yay. What you saved that? You said, <laughs> Look at my truth bumps. They're not goosebumps. They're it's tooth true.
2: Bumps. Oh, okay. congratulations, thank Mama! You so much. So Good literally, company. right here. Nice. Well, the tub right in the in the bathroom. There's mm-hmm. that. But this actually behind us folds down into a bed. Oh no way! And so he was born in this space and on that bed. There but much, uh, this so this truly is an altered space. It's a sacred space <laughs> for so much mm-hmm. of healing and life and birth and death and all of that. Mm-hmm. So um, welcome. So Thank happy to you. have the both Very of you. Very cool. So uh, what do I do here? I hold space.
0: Yeah, the altered
2: space. Um, for those who come in who are seeking truly just to remember and to be guided back to their own gifts, their own talents of truly remembering that they are their greatest healer, that they are their own teachers, that they are their own masters, they are their own gurus. And that's really important that everything that I do always comes back to that and helps them to come back to that of just remembering that they are everything that they've ever needed or wanted or desired outside of themselves. It's all exists internally. Beautiful. And so how do we access that and how do we remember that I use modalities that helped me to remember that. And those modalities are Reiki, so energy healing, Kundalini yoga, and meditation, as well as past life regressions, intuitive guidance. We use tools like crystals and sound to help amplify that remembering and the healing. And so that's what I do.
1: Hmm. So here's a story. I didn't tell you this. I wanted to save it for the show. Hmm. Um, how long was it now? I, me- I met you like four years ago.
0: He's mm-hmm. funny with dates though. I would. I <laughs>
1: <know>. <laughs> it was right when I got into healing work and I read many lives, many masters.
2: Ah, yes. Really. Gateway.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. Totally. Opened me way up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah you know, I was telling my wife about it and I was in a space where I started he- doing healing work. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling because I was—it was a startup company, and there was two guys that ran the company, that owned the company, and they were doing healing work. And I came in as a third person, mm. and at the time I was teaching yoga, and I didn't know anything about healing work in that way, mm-hmm. right? And so I wandered up one day because I found out I was having my second kid, mm. and kind of just got plucked into this scenario. And there was in the beginning, it was a lot of me feeling really insufficient. Mm-hmm. with myself mm-hmm. and my healing abilities. I read the book and I told my wife about it. And she found you
2: mm-hmm.
1: and booked a uh, a group.
2: Ah, the uh, group at,
1: yeah, at House at, of Intuition. At House of Intuition in Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. And this all happened, it was like two days. Uh, like I finished the book. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And she's like, oh, I found this lady, signed you up for a class. You should go. And you did You did a a group class and... It was, it was life changing.
2: Was it yeah. for you? I'm so happy that it came through and resonated yeah. with you. Sometimes it can be really difficult in group. Yeah, you know, a lot of the time, I mean, it's hard for me to do group. Mm-hmm. I fall asleep mm-hmm. because it's just like the the voices typically of whoever is leading it is very calming and soothing. The majority of the time they I've done group, it's also it's been Dr. Weiss because I did my training with yeah. him. Yeah. And he's honestly, the author of the author many many yeah, masters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the only time I've really done group is with him and Gal, Gal Sasson. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of him? I don't know. He's wonderful, too. And he's written, I forgot the name of the books that he's written, but he travels out here and does different workshops, too. And so it's really difficult because their voices are so soothing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just, like, recipe for me to snooze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, one on one is where it really makes a difference for me, or just doing it on my own and meditating. And so, I'm so happy to hear that it resonated with you and that my voice (laughs) didn't just (laughs) lull you to sleep because there is this like meditation voice that my voice goes into. Yeah. And it can, and then plus, I'm playing like binaural beats in the background. Mm -hmm. So awesome.
1: And so, when we started this podcast, I was like, oh, we got to get her on here. I got to, we got to talk about this past life. I'm so happy you're
2: sharing this right now. (laughs) Yeah. And up for your wife to just like support you. That's another thing is to have a partner that supports you doing this kind of like what seems like woo-woo wellness, mm. holistic healing work. Yeah. I mean it's especially keeper.
1: yeah, in a in a <laughs> Filipino family, yeah. Growing up Catholic. Yeah. Where you know Yeah, this, this the guilt
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of all of that. Truly. Yeah. And yeah. to like go against mm-hmm. that norm. Totally. For sure. And so that's beautiful that you found each other and that you're supportive and yeah. doing this kind of work. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Before I talk, if we'll see if I want to talk more about that experience, but do you want to tell us what past life regression looks like or sounds yeah, like or is? Definitely.
2: So in a past life regression, basically you are guided into a root cause of symptoms, patterns, habits, behaviors that are occurring today. It could also be phobias, fears. It could be affinities for things, things that you love and you have no idea why. And maybe you've traced it back into this current lifetime's lineage And there's no answers in that. Like, no one else in your family is like you, or like, you have no idea where this habit pattern, this behavior, this addiction, which is a symptom of a root cause, where it comes from. And so sometimes the answer could be a past life. And the way that we look at past lives is micro, macro, like days and lives are the same because time, right, is Mm -hmm. not linear. Mm -hmm. Past, present, future is happening right now, right now, now, now. It's like all compound on top of each other happening in the same moment. And so it's much like you coming to the end of your day and saying, okay, well, this worked for me today or didn't work for me today. Maybe I'll change it up tomorrow or this really was awesome and I want to bring that and do that again tomorrow. And then you go to bed. You wake up. We put on different clothing, right? Most of us. <laughs> right? So maybe we change our clothes, right? And then we go about our day. And maybe we wake up remembering like, that's right, I'm going to do it differently today. Or we don't. And then something happens and reminds us like, ah, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be doing this differently. And then maybe you do, or maybe you don't. And then it's the end of the day. And then you decide, what do I want to do differently tomorrow? And then the cycle continues, right? Until maybe that has shifted and you actually do change it. It's the same thing in lifetimes too. You end that lifetime and you assess what worked for me, what didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You die. You wake up in a new outfit, body, right? You go about, maybe you do remember, maybe babies do remember like that's right. I'm going to do it differently. Like who mm-hmm. are these parents so that are my gateway that I've entered into this right. life? How did I choose this, right? And then human conditioning occurs, constructs paradigms occur, and then we lose that maybe along the way, but then maybe someone, maybe it is our parents, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's somewhat a teacher comes a into our life, a book, right? A group meditation that you mm-hmm. go into. And suddenly it's like boom, a remembering of like, oh wait, Maybe this keeps happening because it's reminding me to do it differently. And then maybe you actually take action. Or maybe you're like, no. Until, right, that tapping becomes knocking until it becomes like, and just like lays you down on the ground. And you're like, okay, there's got to be another way. This is why I wanted to change it in this lifetime. Or maybe this is why I'm here in this lifetime, to resolve this karma or change this, whatever, this script. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we can look at, like, lives and days, how we can look at incarnation and past lives as understanding the root cause as to why we do what we do that is no longer serving us. Why we do what we do that is making us question, is this really all it is? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this really how my relationship is supposed to be? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing for my life and my career and my vocation? And so it's just one modality out of so many that exist in the world, right, um, to be able to tap into that. Then say, That's not me any longer. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever I experienced in that past life, that's not me. Now I understand why I do what I do. So that when I come into that place and that defense mechanism, that coping mechanism that I know so well, I'm going to say, Wait, that's not me any longer. I am not that lifetime. I'm not that person. Or maybe there was something in that past life that you're like, You know what? I loved that about me. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring that forward into this lifetime. So this is how past life regressions can be healing and can really help you to return back to your whole self
1: yeah so yeah perfect I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story yeah if you don't mind do. I think it's uh well first of all I have to thank you because you played a big part in my healing journey as a healer
2: you're welcome and
1: yeah <laughs> and I, it's cool when you work with someone whether you when they come back and you, you, they let you know how you have affected them or how you've landed in their lives. It's pretty cool.
2: Absolutely. Because then it, you know that the work works. Right.
1: And even right. if it's just that one person, it's like, yeah, great.
2: Mm-hmm. That's all that matters.
1: So we go into this class and it's a group class in the class. There's maybe about 15, 20 people in there and we go, we lay on our mats and uh, Amy starts talking and it's she guides us into um, hypnosis and you explained it in a way where it's like it's a voluntary hypnosis. It's mm-hmm. like you always have the choice whether to stay in it or not. Mm-hmm. It's not something where you, you're under someone else's control,
2: right? You're in full control.
1: And so you go into this meditation. I'm laying down, eyes are closed, and I start hearing these muffled voices. And it's like a... Like two people talking. And I think... In my head, I'm like, why are these two people talking on the other side of this wall? Like, they're so loud. She needs to go tell them to shut the <laughs> F up. And then in my head, I'm like, why, why would they even put this space next to a, a thin wall where you can hear people? Like, why would they do that? I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure my shit out here. <laughs> and I'm being distracted, right? And all of a sudden, in my head, I see this vision. And it was me. And I'm sitting at a table. And I'm dressed in all white. And um, I'm at this wooden table, and there's a, a knife stabbed through my hand. And there's two guys that apparently they had captured me. And I was being punished for being a healer. And so I could literally feel the blood gushing out of my hand. And the way that translated to me or what I got from it was I was being punished in a past life for being a healer. And that was one of the blockages in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So being in that space where I was with the startup company, it was a reminder of what had happened and where the blockage was that was holding me back from reaching my potential as a healer. And as soon as that experience happened, mm-hmm. like my healing Gifts, I guess you could say, really just started unfolding because it was like a surrender to everything. It was like, okay, I'm on the right path. I've done this before. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be here. Then just let it flow instead of just forcing it. And then, you know, when I got out of the meditation, dead silent. There's no one talking. Mm -hmm. There was no one on the other side of the wall. And I was like, Whoa, that was crazy because it was so tangible. I could hear it Mm -hmm. like it was happening right there.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh yeah, I just I went home, told my wife. I was like, "This happened. This is crazy." Um,
2: so, a couple of things can I share yeah, about that please. too? So, people don't realize how deep they went into it, mm-hmm. into their memory, until they come out of it, like, right? Because they do feel it's lucid; like they're here, they're present, they're they're here, they're laying down, they know where they are, they're in a studio, they're in a space. Then, when they come out of it, they're like, "Whoa, I was really feeling like I was in that moment, but very aware too." that I wasn't, Yeah, it's this, you feel very deeply connected to what you're remembering, but very aware that you are just remembering, mm-hmm. that you aren't actually experiencing it as if you were experiencing it when it originally occurred. Yeah. And that's really important to remember too, because for some people they're like, is it scary? Like, do, I don't know if I want to access certain memories. I don't know if I want to feel those things again, We always have to remember one, like you said, you're in full control and two, you already lived through that you survived that, you're just remembering it. It's like remembering a joke someone said and then laughing out loud, mm-hmm. right? It's like as if they're telling it for the first time and you're like, that's so funny, but it's not happening to me right now. I'm just remembering it. That's how powerful our minds are and our memory. And so there's that. Mm-hmm. And also too, specifically for you, in this lifetime, you won't be persecuted for being a healer. Right. Right. And that's what's so healing for you is that although that that happens... In your past, that's what was keeping you from really launching forward and really owning and admitting that this is this is who you are mm-hmm. and these are your gifts. Is that like, could I be punished for this?
0: Right, totally.
2: And you will not be. You mm. will not be in this lifetime.
0: Only rewarded, my friend. Yes, mm.
2: indeed. Only rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing that.
1: You're anyway. welcome. So another cool thing happened, and I, don't, I haven't told many people this. Um, do you remember in the book where he talked about how the notion of past lives was in the Bible at one point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So really stuck out to me because as being raised Catholic, right, it was like, well, the Bible doesn't say anything, right? right. And I always knew, I was like, oh, there's, 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 the Bible has been chopped and screwed and modified and changed in a way where people are put in power, primarily the church and, mm-hmm. and men, mm-hmm. um, but done in a way that kept people in fear but I knew there's there's something more, there's something more. And so when I came across that part where he talked about how past lives was removed from the Bible, there mm-hmm. was an emperor and his wife that removed it so that they, they wanted to be seen as immortal. Mm-hmm. And they knew that if people believed in past lives that they would lose power. And so they took it out from the Bible, reprinted it, mm-hmm. and, and took that part out of it. And so when I read that, I was like, oh, dude, this is crazy. I knew there was something more. Uh, I knew that this past life thing was real and what I had ex- experienced was real.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm working on a client and uh, we're talking, he's Greek.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's telling me about his great, 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 great grandfather that was a general for this emperor and how his mom used to tell him this story when they were growing up. And he always thought it was just like a, a tale, a tall tale that his mom told him. And so he's telling me about this and he tells me the emperor's name. <laughs> yeah. It was the same emperor from the book. And I was like, oh, my God, I just learned about this emperor. And his his uh, him and his wife just removed past lives from, you know, I just I told him about that whole thing. And he was like, well, how did you know that? And I was like, I just read a book and it just told me. So in terms of like synchronicity, like that for me was like, holy shit. So I'm, aligned. Yeah. On fire. Yeah. It was,
2: it was amazing. Yeah. And you, it's all showing, too, that you're exactly where you are.
1: Totally.
2: Always, right? And the synchronicities and that the teachings are exactly where they are. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're just open. You're open to receive those symbols and those signs. Yeah. Yeah. Been waiting a long time to tell that story.
0: <laughs> 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 you did it here. We did it. You did Much I... in the same fashion that OJ came to you the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like a one, two, right? Like wham yeah. bam. It was yeah. you know, Janae found mm-hmm. Amy and recommended and you had a workshop the next day yeah. and you went to it. Mm-hmm. So same thing. We were we've been trying to connect and then we reconnected and it was like okay, is everyone available tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. So here there we are. We are.
2: Yeah, how fitting. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, the the religious aspect of it all too, right? Still, it's, it's the fear is so deep, mm-hmm. right? And it's so learned and it's so ingrained. And so to go outside of the box or to question mm-hmm. can be very scary, right? Outside of your community or your family or all you've ever known or all they've ever known to ask those questions, but it's so important to ask questions.
1: Always ask questions, always everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: exactly. Question, continue to question even the modalities and the methods that have worked for you. Totally. Right? It's so important to just uh, stay on top of that and not to like just fall into like, oh, just because, because then we go into like it becomes the religion or the institutionalization of that religion. And
0: spirituality
2: can become that way, anything can Mm -hmm. become that way. And so it's important to just stay fresh and question everything.
1: Yeah like I'm always reading books and I'm always studying and I'm always delving into things and Mm -hmm. um, talking about my wife there's points where she's like I can't take all this stuff that you're trying (laughs) to throw at me right (laughs) it's like I'm tired of trying to like (laughs) learn new things and it's for me it's fun and it just keeps things fresh and just keeps the perspective fresh and you can always take what resonates and you know, leave behind what doesn't. And sometimes what doesn't resonate now might resonate later on. And it's more about just like keeping these things in the back of our minds so that way when it does come up and it's like, oh, I remember.
2: Where the seeds grow. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So how'd you get into healing work in general?
2: Oh, (laughs) I think... um, My answer to this question is always a question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's who am I, right? The existential question of who am I, but really not just like, who am I? Why am I here on this earth? It really was like, who am I after everything that I've ever known, I started to question. And um, that for me was a relationship that I was in for um, 13 years and married for four and a half of it. Since I was 16. Wow. So not married since I was 16, but in that relationship since I was 16, right? And so those are like very, very formative years. Mm -hmm. But I just so badly wanted to become an adult that I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is the one, right? And— what our mind does to protect itself is just really build up these stories and these fantasies, right, of like how this is the one forever and ever, and you can't lose that. you got to do everything you can to maintain this fantasy. And that's what I did. I did that for 13 years until suddenly I broke that script and started to do something that felt just good to my soul, mm. Which was, um, I was an English teacher, middle school English teacher. I taught for four years, and then I got my master's in counseling. I was a high school counselor for a year. And I just couldn't, after I did my high school counseling internship, I could not find a counseling job. And it was so bizarre because I had so many recommendations. I felt like I should just fall into this job. And it just wasn't happening for me. And so I thought, like, okay, well, in the meantime, while I'm applying for, like, all these different jobs and seeing, like, what my degree can do, like, I have a whole two degrees now, my master's now, like, I have to be able to find something. I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to be was a talk show host. (laughs) So why don't I just, like, see if there's some kind of classes that I could be taking in the meantime, like, just I don't know, do something about that. And so what a friend of mine who's taking acting classes said, you know, maybe you need to like take some acting classes, like on-camera work stuff and see how that goes. So then I did and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I started to create a community that was mine, just mine. It wasn't my ex's friends, wives, or girlfriends. It wasn't surrounded on like what do you want to do? It was like, what do I want to do? What, how do, how do I serve myself in this creativity and this art that's just for me? And that shook things up because mm-hmm. then this thing that was like smooth sailing, coasting, this is the plan forever and ever and the fantasy and we're moving towards it. Suddenly it was like, wait a minute, you're not doing what you said you were going to do. You're breaking out of that mold. How do I fit into that story? Right. It was what my ex was thinking too. hmm. And all I knew was that this made me feel good because it was for me. It was finally something that I felt like I was doing for me. And it didn't work for him. Mm. And so we came to an understanding together. It was very mutual that we were going to divorce. It was very amicable, very friendly. We divorced like as best friends. And then I knew that California was calling. It was my dream to live here since I was 12 when I first visited here, when I was 12 with my parents, and I knew I wanted to be out here. So I came out here, but I came out here like, what do I do? <laughs> like, I know I'm meant to be here. It feels right. Like, mm-hmm. finally, when I arrived, my spirit was like, finally, you're here. Mind and body finally joined me. I've been here since you were 12, right? And so I I landed here and was like, who am I if I'm not his wife, if I'm not his partner, if I'm not thinking for two, if I'm not... Who he wants me to be? Who am I for me? And what helped me to get to answering that question was what exists in LA almost on every block, which is yoga studios, wellness centers, classes on past life regression meditations. Like this is, it's here. We're in Chicago, not to say it doesn't exist there, but my life and my vibration was not there. So all I saw were pubs and pizza parlors, right? And so I started to practice kundalini yoga. I started to practice Reiki. And that just like started to read, started to soak up everything I could. And that's where then I started to remember me. Mm. I started to remember my child self and what it felt like to dream big and to feel limitless. And to feel like I could do anything and nothing and no one is holding me back. And now I'm an adult. I'm not a child who's scared to speak up for herself. Mm -hmm. I now can actually do these things and act on it, these dreams. And truly what helped me to get there was Reiki and Kundalini Yoga and an amazing somatic therapist. Mm. That's huge too. Therapy is so powerful, particularly when you find the right school of psychology that works for you and the right therapist. Somatic therapy was so powerful because at the same time that I was taking acting classes, Reiki, Kundalini Yoga, and practicing that with her in somatic, it was all about taking the issues out of our tissues, right? It was about like what are you not allowing yourself to feel? Where does that come from? Because that's also not, it's translating as to like how I'm not able to communicate, how I'm not able to express myself in the acting, in the, in the conversations. And so when I started to unlock those issues in my tissues, suddenly everything that I thought to be true no longer was what I thought of like how I was raised, how my family was flipped everything. Mm-hmm. What my relationship was with my ex flipped everything. And suddenly all of these secrets and all of these like demons, like all of these like negative, like truth is really what it is. Cause we all have at the duality the dark and the light, all of this darkness started to come up and up for me. And I was like, I'm ready to confront it. I've got the tools. I've got the support. I've got the resources. I'm no longer going to hide from like this dark, deep secrets that I've been keeping down deep within me. And once they came up, I couldn't lock them back up.
0: Hmm.
2: There's no going back because I saw them again. And I could not betray my inner child again. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. I could not turn my back to her ever again. And so everything that I do is still answering that question of who am I. Every time that I receive a healing, every time that I practice yoga, that I meditate, it's always asking, like, who am I to answer her question? You are loved. Like, she's the one who's asking that question. And everything that I do is just to reassure her, reassure myself, like, You're loved, I love you, I will never abandon you, I will never hurt you, I will never allow anyone to hurt you again, I will never Mm. allow that to happen. And that's why I do what I do, because I feel so deeply connected to everyone who's bringing their truth to me um, is because it's really healing something that's in the core, it's deep. It's healing not only their inner child, but things that have occurred in their past, 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 past. And so the long story is (laughs) the answer to yeah. so your question is who am I? <laughs>
1: and not only their past, but their family's past.
2: Lineage, right? lineage, generations. Mm-hmm. And in making that shift within yourself, right? It said that you then shift the vibration of the frequency for generations sevenfold before you, seven after. And yeah. so when you start to see that and you can't turn your back to it, it's powerful work. It's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. And here you are, so supported and in this day and age. My goodness, how many resources we have available to us to do this work, how much mm-hmm. support we have.
0: It's time. Yeah. I'm curious to know. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. That was beautiful. You're welcome. Um, how did some of the relationships with your family change? And how did you sort of navigate that as you were going through this big change and transition and becoming yourself, becoming mm-hmm. more of yourself? Oh, it's changed so much.
2: I think first and foremost, for them to know that I was coming out here after having been divorced and not really knowing what I was going to do, for them to even say like, okay, yeah, you're going to go. I mean, I was in a, it's 29, so it was like, you're not going to like tell me what to do anyways. Mm-hmm. But they knew that I was already coming out here with kind of like, I don't know. And for them to be like supportive of that was huge. Then for them to hear of like what I was doing for a living – And I tell this to also all of my students that when you are truly doing what you're doing authentically and speaking of it genuinely and you love what you do, therefore are successful at what you do because you can't imagine doing anything else, so you put your all into everything you do, that translates to them that they can't question it. They can't question you. If you're enjoying what you're doing, you're living, thriving, healthy, okay, keep doing what you're doing. I may not understand it but actually when you come here to Chicago, can you actually give me a little Reiki? (laughs) Like that's how it works, right? It's like, you know, are you gonna teach that here? Or like, when when can I take your yoga class, you know? And so that eventually started to happen. And it started to happen because then I said, I'm ready to share it. Like, mom, can I put my hands on you? Can I give you, your, your knees hurt? Maybe I give you a little bit of Reiki, right? And then it resonates. It makes a difference. And now it's like I go to Chicago and I teach Reiki certifications. Like that's how it happened. Nice. But, you know, in the beginning, the only person who would ever be standing in my way really was me, right? And worrying if they were going to accept it, worry if they were going to approve of it. And in the end, it doesn't matter so long as I am truly loving and living genuinely, authentically. That's all they care about because they can't deny that I'm happy. And thriving. Yeah. So that's huge. Then also, too, in doing the work, there's a lot of that darkness and the truth that was coming out. And that was very, very scary and very hard to admit some of those truths of how I was raised and how my parents and my family treated me, how they disciplined me. Mm -hmm. And all I knew that I had to do, because I was well-equipped, all the healing work that I had was doing was that I needed to speak up for her. I needed to speak up for that child who couldn't speak up for herself. So I confronted them about it. It was the only way that I could do it. But I asked myself, like I said to myself, to Spirit, you have to give me a sign as to like when I can actually confront them about the truth of how what happened to me when I was a child, what happened to me and my sisters when I was a child, when we were children. That goes on and on and on and on, right? And basically, what the universe did—the first book that changed it for me, that really woke me up—was *The Alchemist*.
1: Mm. Yes. It, yeah, me too.
2: Paulo Coelho. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh-huh. Oh, I could just devour that book like it's coconut ice cream.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I said, "Give me a sign of when it's time for me to be able to confront my father, first and foremost." And suddenly he's telling me about how he read a book, about how really it's not about like the end result. It's about the journey and how that there is this like tablet where there's like scripture that's written on it and how it's so important to communicate and keep that legacy going. And I was like, dad, that sounds like the alchemist. And he's like, maybe, maybe that's the book. Yeah, maybe that's the one. And suddenly I was like, did Mike? Dad, or we the alchemist? <laughs> and if there was never a sign that could be bolder, yeah. seriously, I was like, thank you. And right then and there I just told him, Dad, you know why I think that me and both of my sisters end up divorced and married the first person who we've ever fallen in love with when we were 16 or 18 years old? Is because we needed to be saved. Wow. It's because we were in a household that we needed to get out of because it was traumatic. Mm. Because it was abusive. And right then and there, I mean, it was like, wait, what did you say? And I looked at him in the eye and I said, we lived in an abusive household. And he couldn't deny that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't asking for an apology. All I knew is that it had to be said. All I knew is that I had to speak up for her. I had to speak up for myself. And how he took it and where it ended who knows? That's all that mattered to me. And at the end of that, he said, you know, I know that I'm not a perfect father. And I know that I tried. I tried to do my best of what of what I knew and how I was raised. And I said, it's okay. And I said to him, I thank you. I forgive you. I love you. And that's it. Hmm. And I did that with my mother. I did that with my sisters. And... That's how then I felt like whole. Like I I took her and said like, I got you, girl. Let's do this. Let's Mm -hmm. do this. No more. No more. And I I did it to the people who are like the biggest dragons, right? Upon like that hero's journey, like Joseph Campbell, like the biggest ones. And um, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to be able to do that.
1: That's huge. That's so brave.
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: how (laughs) How many of us have things left unsaid to our parents.
2: Yeah, our idols, Mm -hmm. right? The people that we enter in this lifetime with at the very beginning, we look up to them for like, all I need you to do is hold me because I don't know how to hold up my neck. All I need to do is feed me because I can't feed myself. Just need to hold me because I can't hold myself. Like, that's all I need. That's all I need from you. Mm -hmm. And you look up to them for everything. You model their everything. And so I know that being a mom, that's one of my absolute divine purposes in this lifetime is to learn from my parents, thank them for teaching me in the way they knew best, mm-hmm. and to flip the script, to change it up, to rewrite history, to rewrite destiny. And I am 100% standing up into that power and saying, okay, it's, it's me. If it couldn't have been my mom, it it's going to be me yeah. and sharing that with my sisters and them changing it up for their children too. So right. we're very powerful beings when we even look at it as like, what seems so small is to so like, how do we treat each other can change the lineage, the patriarchal matriarchal lineages. Not just like, yes, of course, our children and that legacy, but like how we treat strangers, how we treat one another and that vibration and where that goes, like that's a learned behavior. And like if you can change that, what else can you change? Mm -hmm. And that changes that person and on and on and on and on. And so like how powerfully impactful we can be when we really own it Mm -hmm. and we really stand up for it
1: it's everyone gets caught by surprise because whenever they meet my kids my kids go up to them and hug mm. <laughs> huggers. hi nice to meet you they're like oh my god you gave me a hug and again it's not a learned i mean it's not something that you just do right it's no. it's something that you have to consciously ingrain into your being yeah and, and from children it's so pure totally my, like, my parents didn't hug anyone. Yeah. And I go home sometimes and there's still awkward hugs with my aunts and uncles. It's like, hey, yeah. it's not really hug. It's like a pat you gave me.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and because I've I've done it and kids see me do it, now they go up to people and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. nice to meet you.
2: But you changed that. Right. Yeah. Same Probably. thing with my family too. We didn't say I love you until like my roommate in college. I heard her every night talk to her mom, say I love you. And I was like, I want that. So I started saying it when I was finished talking with them. And now we all say I love you like Filipino goodbyes, like <laughs> an hour long goodbyes of an hour long I love you's now. And so. <sighs> yeah,
1: my dad last year was the first time mm-hmm. we said it to each other. I was like, dad, I love you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, dad, I love you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dad, I love you. And I was like, I love you too, son. Aww, like, oh, yes. So, you know, we're changing those things. Me now are. I got kids and they're like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And um, it's normal. And their are kids. Will, it's normal for their kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, changing, changing the game here. That's right. It's beautiful. And going back to what you were saying about sharing your work with your family. It's funny. I was in uh, Northern California where I'm from,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, visiting my family, and I've worked on a, an aunt and her kids before uh, my parents, but no one outside of that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even planning on working on people this weekend, but my mom was like, "Your uncle has this going on. Your aunt has this going on. Your other aunt has this going on. Like they need you to 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 work on them." And uh, I go home, and one of my aunts, she she kind of walks with a a hinge at her hip, and mm-hmm. so her back hurts all the time, did my thing on her, worked on her, and she slept on her back for the mm-hmm. first time in forever. She's like, I was able to sleep on my back. Wow. And then my uncle, whose back has been killing him, was like, oh, I just felt like there's so much space. And there's, you know, these are older Filipinos that really don't know how to express what's going on in their yeah. bodies. But for them to come up and like, oh, I feel so much better, That's for so me, awesome. it was like... Oh. It's such a great confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Like my grandma did. Are you familiar with Helot at all?
2: Someone else just said that to me. Mm -hmm. What is Helot?
1: It's a a Filipino healing modality.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. One of my students brought that up to me because she was also bringing up like an island that's like, I think it starts with an S that's known for like healing and like witching. (laughs) <laughs> there. Yes, we have to. And it's like, no, it's known for like their healing work, but also like being like very witchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Get us the name
1: of that island if yes. you can. Yeah, I will. Or the mm-hmm. name of your client.
2: Yes, definitely. Uh,
1: but my grandma did it. And so growing up, I saw her doing it and didn't understand it. But I found out this weekend, I was telling my aunt while I was working on her about it. My grandfather, so my, my grandma's husband, her mm-hmm. mom, his mom, sorry. His he mom looked. also did helot.
2: Is it like Reiki?
1: It, no, it's it's deeper tissue, but uh, they have meridian. Oh, they do its contact. Okay, it is, but they also have meridian points that are the, the exact same meridian points as the Chinese. Oh, un- sorry, acupuncture? By each other acupressure, Acu- I don't, okay, just yeah. whatever lines they work with. I don't understand it fully. Uh-huh. I, my grandma had got dementia That's before some... I could delve into it. Okay, um, I've said this plenty of times, but part of this podcast, the reason I started it was to go back to the Philippines to learn...
2: Helot, amazing. In honor of her
1: and now of my great-grandmother, who also did Helot. And I had no clue. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my auntie and working on it, and I was like, yeah, grandma, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, my, my grandma did Helot. And I was like, wow
2: It's in you your lineage. That. Yeah, so mm-hmm. exciting stuff. That is so beautiful. And you're going to end up in the Philippines for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And connecting, reconnecting to that too. Mm-hmm
1: yeah and uh my mom's mom, I believe also did it, so it's just been you know it's there
2: it is it is, and it's also like just in the culture itself mm-hmm. right the pe- so many in <laughs> the stereotypical like Filipino nurses mm-hmm. there's something about like caregiving that comes very naturally yeah and um and also just honoring our the elders,
1: yeah yeah, mhm, yeah. <laughs> Honoring your elders
0: mm-hmm.
1: and growing up with that, that oh, respect, yeah. and then learning to uh, shift that.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know the Bible says honor your mother and father. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I have to be Catholic because they
2: were Catholic? Right. And yes. My kids
1: have to be Catholic because they were Catholic.
2: Totally. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: The answer <laughs> is no. <laughs> Speaking of ancestors, yeah. Honor your elders first, um, oops, first and foremost, but on the drive up here today, I was talking to OJ and you know how they have the signs that say, drive like your kids live here, drive like your dog lives here, drive like you live here. I said, how about drive like your grandma lives yes. here? Because who, who do we slow down for? Right? Yeah. We scoop our kids up. We take them with us, uh-huh. right? The dogs, dogs too. Walk us. <laughs> right. <laughs> dogs walk us. Well, maybe you. Now joking my dog, yes. Um, but your grandparents... Yeah, um, I love that. I had a very intense dream this morning, early morning. I had done a meditation to open the third eye Mm -hmm. at bedtime last night. And it was playing when I woke up in the morning and I thought I only selected a one-hour meditation, but I must have, autoplay must have been on. Yeah. So it just kept going. And my mother's father came to me in the dream and it was a really beautiful thing. And I imagine not having done much past life regression work myself. Yet. <laughs> but I imagine it to be somewhat dreamlike. I've done shamanic work. I mm-hmm. do shamanic journeying. Mm-hmm. Um, but so is it similar for those of us who don't really know about past life regression, haven't experienced it is, can it be described like a dream? Is it like kind of like totally. a dream-like state? Yeah. And I'm wondering if, I mean, this wasn't past life because I saw my own grandfather, mm-hmm. but there was a strong communication between him and I. So
2: I would say in, in you sharing that the connection between you and your grandfather that you've lived lives, many lifetimes together mm-hmm. And one of the questions when we're in a regression is a particularly past life regression because I can also you can also go regress into a current lifetime memory in your past, a memory of you in your mom's womb, a memory of your birth. So those are all regressions, but a past life regression. I'll ask the people who are in that memory, do any of them feel familiar to you as someone you may know in your current lifetime? And the first that'll come up is the one that you have to trust is it. Mm -hmm. So chances are you and your mom's dad have lived lifetime or lifetimes together. And in part of Many Lives, Many Masters, they mentioned that there's like this kind of like soul tribe that we travel Mm -hmm. together. It's the same thing. Like tomorrow, you guys are going to still know each other. Like we're going to still know each other tomorrow, right? And so it's the same thing in the next lifetime. You travel together energetically, just taking different form and shape. And your job for each other purpose is to help remind remind each other of like what is that resolution? Remember, you said you were gonna do it differently. I'm gonna do what I need to do to remind you of that. And sometimes that means I'm gonna be your enemy. Right. Sometimes gonna be the person who's gonna create conflict and challenge in your life. That's a key point.
0: Yeah. That's a really important point. Abuse
1: you. Yeah. Rape you, unfortunately. Whatever
2: it is, that's going to be it. And it's so hard, particularly when it's a traumatic situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To find And gravity. trauma can
2: come in so many forms, right? So many things can be trauma. Whatever it is that brings us to a place of fear and feeling defenseless, right? And that can come in so many forms. And so to come to that place and then find the person who then triggered the trauma or put us in the traumatic situation to look at that person with gratitude, how do you you even do that? How do you even begin to get to that place? Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're not at all excusing the behavior you're not at all saying that that was okay or acceptable for that to happen because there's many ways to remember it doesn't always have to be a traumatic way to remember like i don't we don't need that all the time right but then to get to that place what i found in past life regressions is that of all the things that you could walk away with the number one thing that you can that you realize is how we're all connected, is that we've been one another. Mm -hmm. You've also been the enemy. Mm -hmm. You've also been the perpetrator. You've also been the bad guy.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? You've been the offender. And when you come at it in that place, then you come at it with perspective. Compassion. Yeah. Compassion. Empathy. Mm -hmm. Right? But still not excusing the behavior, but also understanding that we're humans. And the human nature is dual. And we come into this lifetime, many lifetimes of being like, what does it mean to be human? Well, to be human is to be all of these range of things. Mm -hmm. And so can you really master sadness? Can you master triumph? Can you master being a mom? Can you master being the instigator can you master be the one who like fluffs the feathers the, the person who preys upon others the person who is the victim can you can you master these things because that's what it means to be human so when you come to that realization you do feel more compassion more empathy what you do find more than anything is that you don't then ask the questions of why is this happening to me you then start to ask, What do I do with this? Mm -hmm. How do I transmute what has occurred to me into teachings? Yeah.
1: What can I learn from this?
2: Yes. And then how can I come with this and share it in a way that helps others? how can I use this to be of service? How can I use this? What resources can I use to change the energy of it? And that's how powerful we are, that we can do that. And we could take anything, knowing that it's energy, and then change and manipulate that energy for our highest good and for the greater good. But it takes a lot to get to that place, and it takes connection to the different modalities. It takes being open, and it takes doing that work, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to do that work because you're confronting the deepest, darkest, right? But you're not alone. There's so much support. There's so many resources, so many tools that are available. And um, you just need to you need to connect and reach out.
1: Yeah, and have the courage
0: to to try. it. Yeah, definitely. And it's darkest before dawn. That's right. So we, as we're actually rapidly losing daylight here (laughs) in this beautiful (laughs) hillside, I'm looking out and it's just a beautiful canyon into a mountain ridge back there. And there's a twinkling of a few house lights Mm -hmm. um, just to paint the picture for our audience.
1: Yeah, beautiful space. Yeah.
0: Amy, I'm wondering, do you wanna tell us about any of the things that you have going on? Um, how people can find you if somebody wanted to, I think you're teaching, you're teaching tonight even. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um and so other than your space, which is altered, A-L-T-A-R, like an altar. Right. E D, space dot hmm
2: That's right. Um,
0: is 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 that enough for people?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um I website is uh, as updated as can be. There's a couple other updates that I need to add onto it, but you can book sessions through there too. And so my events are there and I share my healing sessions here as well as certifications here in Topanga. I also share them remotely. And so particularly past life regressions are just as powerful remotely as they are in person. And so it's been amazing to be able to use technology in a way that's really of service in that way. Um, you can find me on Instagram through Altered Space, again, A L T A R E D space, the word space. And uh, what's coming up right now, um, I'm holding a Reiki Circle this Sunday in Topanga. I'm teaching a Fall Equinox crystal ritual at Unplugged Meditation this coming Friday. And so all of that is on my website. And um, I hope to connect. The both of you again soon, and any of your viewers and listeners, it would be mm. so such an honor to hold space for you.
1: Amy's powerful; she's great,
2: just as you are. Reflections, right? It really yeah. takes openness to make a difference too. And this was something I was going to say too for like your aunts and who you were sharing Ricky with in family. It really takes openness, mm-hmm. right? And that's all it is. So coming with an open heart, open mind can make the biggest difference. Yeah.
1: And it, yeah, it started for my mom. My mom planted the seed. It was like, oh, Jay does this. And then, you know, thanks, mom. Beautiful. Right. Thank you so much, Amy, for You're
2: connecting welcome. finally. Yes. For
1: connecting again. Yes. Uh, thank you, Casey. <laughs> thanks, so, Thank you, audience. We love you.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash the way of healing. Remember, A rising tide lifts all boats.